Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is up, everyone? Welcome to yet another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Chop, and today with me, I have the one and only Jody Wood with Woodworks Fitness and Recovery out of Auburn, California. Jody, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time uh, to talk about you and what you're doing. So with that being said, uh, I want to go ahead and open up to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, how it transpired, the passion behind, you know, the vision that you're displaying, and uh, we'll kind of walk it through there. Okay. Um, I'll kind of start from the beginning. Um, I actually didn't plan to be a personal trainer ever, um, and I didn't plan to open a gym ever. I was actually a photographer, a wedding and portrait photographer, um, and then I started helping um, coach a tennis team, and the two days that I helped them, I just trained them, and I was a collegiate athlete who played soccer, who was trained all my life, who had gone even and played semi-pro soccer for a while, so I had been through it all myself, and I just obviously decided to implement it with these with these girls on this tennis team and um long story short it just turned into me training them postseason and then training their moms postseason and then kind of it just unfolded into all of these people wanting me to train them so um i decided and this was only about gosh 11 years ago now maybe 12 years um and so i just decided to get my certification and start training on the side i just had two babies. So um, I was just kind of getting back into the workforce anyways. And so I um, jumped in and got my NASM certification, started working at a racket club. Um, and, you know, within a year, just I think mostly because of my sports background, um, just had an excess of clients. Um, and it just took off like crazy. And so I kind of just realized how much I loved it. I obviously love fitness and health and all sorts of things around that. So it just worked really well and stays there for quite a while. Um, but eventually after seven years, um, just had some things happen with the gym and some changes happened that I decided to leave and go work at an independent gym, which was a little scary for me, obviously coming from, you know, a structured box gym, corporate gym to um, somebody's independent gym as a personal trainer. And so I did that and I went and worked there for a few years, actually right before COVID hit. And when I left the box gym and went to this independent gym, I was like, okay, this is where it's at. <laughs> so kind of already started spinning in my head that I might want to open my own gym. No idea how to do it or when I was going to do it or what was going to happen. Um, and then COVID hit. So I ended up leaving that gym and then as, and on all my clients, they were like, hey, come to my house, come to the park. Like we still need to work out. It was crazy how much people really started to value their exercise and their mental health just for movement. Um, you know, once kind of we got through COVID. So then I went back and worked at another independent gym and it was there that I had the ability to kind of start to build my own gym. And it did, it really actually unfolded during COVID. Um, so it's one of the wonderful things that did come from it, um, as crazy as it was. So I ended up um, finding a space in Auburn and leasing it in November of 2020. 
And I got the lease, I got the place a lot because the person who was in there for 18 years before was leaving because of COVID. So it really did just kind of unfold naturally. Um, and I share the space with an actual running store. So it's a running store and my gym and it's open and we just collaborate. We're two separate businesses, but I have my gym side and they have their running side and we just, everybody just kind of goes in between the two. And um, yeah, so I opened in May of 2021 and it hasn't even been two years yet. And it's fantastic. I mean, I guess you could call me a boutique gym, if anything, but that's kind of how I ended up here. Short story, very short story. No, that uh, that's all amazing. And uh, obviously, congrats on motherhood and all that good stuff. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I got to look on my own. So it's, it's uh, fun and stressful all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a lot of work, but it's like fitness. It's worth it. It is 100%. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, fitness, I always feel like is a great nurturing tool because it kind of sets you up for them to be able to guide them the healthy way. Yeah, yeah, it helps. Um, gosh, it just helps with discipline of all things, I think. And that's the hardest thing with kids. Mine are actually 13 and 14 now. So they're, they're climbing up there. And it's, oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It, it crosses over well, though. It helps with parenting for sure to be in this business. Well, that's good. That's good. And like I said, my, my little dude is six and mm -hmm. you know, to instill lots of uh, good discipline and, uh, you know, healthy things and, you know, not overdo it, but mm -hmm. still let him, you know, be a kid. Yeah, but a good example to like see from his dad, right? Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. It is. It's good. Um, Love the story, love the vision. So you, you would say it's safe to say that, you know, being in, you know, a collegiate athlete, I played football in college as well. Um, but being in like that collegiate setting, especially D1, which, you know, obviously is, you know, big mm -hmm. time. That kind of, you know, just what transpired from it, you know, training people after, you know, uh, school and stuff like that. And then you got the moms and everything. So is that like mm -hmm. the biggest fuel driver for getting into your space is that you just enjoyed it so much that, it's, you know, COVID was the, you know, probably the place kind of fell in your lap almost in a, in a short kind of, you know, ran away. Yeah. Um, honestly, for me, the whole thing fell in my lap. If, you know, like people say, like, find what you love and go into it. And no matter what it is, if you truly love it, you'll be able to be successful at it, right? Like that's the, the key to life, right? The key to finding out what you're going to do long term oh, yeah. as a career. So that, that's exactly what happened. It literally found me. Um, and I was like, I obviously was, I had my bachelor's is in photography and I was a wedding and portrait photographer. And I thought that was the path I was going down. Right. And yeah. it was not, it was not, I was not happy doing that. I was torn between my kids and the time that took and weekend work and all of these things and post-production and being on my computer. And I was like, this is not the right choice. And that's this whole fitness journey of, for me as a career unfolded during that time. And it was, I, I honestly ended up here because I think because I'm, I'm just good at it. That sounds so, I don't know how that sounds, but um, I can do it well. Cause it was done for me when I was an athlete, right? Like, yeah. and I had to work super hard to be an athlete. And so I understand being pushed by people and I understand how to push people. And so it's just this kind of sweet spot of, I've been there, I've done that. And I also had to learn a ton when I was an athlete. And so I know how to translate it to people in a way that has just allowed this career to unfold for me. 
Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just kind of how it just it did. It literally landed in my lap. Awesome. And you know, it, it's I was talking to a previous person, and it's like having a coach, especially at you know the higher collegiate level. It's like, yeah, you can have a work ethic and have like a sense of the game, but like you got to have somebody that's been in your shoes before that's learned everything to teach everything mm-hmm. that they know to help you avoid some maybe mistakes or downfalls and things like that. But at the end of the day, we're always going to learn from what we didn't do right. And, you know, that's one. That's yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, I was a, a really driven athlete. I was, I was excited. I was, I would work hard. I had crazy work ethic, but I didn't necessarily have the best skills so I only got to where I got um, by listening and working on skills that I, I had to catch up almost, if that makes sense. Um, so I, it's, it just allows me to translate it to people just working out, just movement wise, right? Just like body mechanics and leverage and how our form is and all of that stuff, because I had to work so hard on it. So it is one of those interesting dynamics that if I was just a really gifted athlete, I don't think I would have ended up in this career path like this. It's kind of an interesting crossover for me to realize because some of the best athletes in the world don't necessarily know how to coach or train. Also a true story. Right. Um, yeah, that's... You know, it's, it's like, what, what's the, what's the quote that's always said? It's like hard work beats talent any day. Right. Absolutely. Talent, but sometimes the talented are kind of almost take it for granted, like in a way. They, like, they do. And then they don't actually know how to teach in so many ways. And I don't, I don't mean everybody. There's plenty of talented athletes yeah. who also know how to teach, but there's, there's this disconnect for them. It's like a kinesthetic disconnect, right? Like they're so natural at it. And it's so easy that it's frustrating almost to try to teach people who it's not easy for. Whereas I was the other, I was driven, but it was not easy for me to learn the skills. Like I was not the best juggler on the team, right? Like I wasn't the best at even, even I was a defender. So I wasn't the best at hitting, you know, a shot on goal. Right. I had to work so hard on those skill sets that are required, but because of, yeah, the, the grit and the drive, I made the team, but to stay on the team, I had to do all of this work. And it does, it just, it's so hard for people who are naturally talented to be able to say, they just usually are like, they're like, this is it, this is how you do it. How do you not get it, right? So kind of in this in this world, especially just teaching people how to move their own bodies, right? Yeah, I, I would say uh, in our industry, we'll say is uh, common sense is not so common. Right, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. Well, cool. That, that's amazing. That's going to lead me into my next question here for you is, mm-hmm. uh, pardon me. Uh, so we have Woodworks Fitness and Recovery. Let's dive in, kind of explain to our listeners what it is all that you do. Like when somebody were to come to you, what's kind of like your elevator pitch for, you know, the tour, the services you offer uh, to getting them signed up for membership, kind of like walk us through that. Okay, well, so I'm, we've, we've come up with this term boutique gym now, right? It's like a thing. Um, 
And I, I don't even know if I realized this 10 years ago or if it was something that was just kind of developing. I don't have memberships like a normal gym. You don't come in and work out on your own. Like that can't even happen in my gym because my space isn't that big. So you have to either do private trainings with me or do my group trainings. Or the memberships that I do have, like I have an infrared sauna, I have Normatec boots, I have like heat and vibration therapy. So I do have like a recovery membership. And then I have like a group workout membership. So if you want unlimited access to those, you can do those memberships, right? Um, again, being a boutique gym, I'm not open 24 hours. I don't have a fob on my door. Like they can't just come in. So it really is having to schedule with me ultimately. Um, my sister actually helps me run the gym, which is fantastic. So I do have another, um, she really works for me versus um, with me, if that makes sense. So, but she does a lot of, she can do a lot of that stuff for me, which is nice. And then she does do private trainings too. So, so there's really only two of us and there's for the bulk of it, she does, you know, maybe 10 hours a week and I do, you know, sometimes 50 hours a week. It depends, right? So it's yeah, the other whatever's left in a day. Yeah. And, and this is kind of the interesting part. This is the next growth stage for me too, because there's only one me and I only have so much time in my life. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, but it is really a benefit, I think for a lot of people to have that, that contact, that boutique style, like they have, my number is the number they call. My number is the number they text. They talk to me before they talk to anybody, unless I defer them to my sister, but ultimately I mean, you go into all these gyms and you never speak to anybody except for maybe maybe a personal trainer here or maybe the orientation people or maybe the front desk person, right? But there's no community to it, right? Exactly. It's. I mean, you do get that in like a CrossFit setting or some of these other sort of um, F45s, Orange Theory even. You probably get these little pods of people. But even still, the volume to trainers is, is shifted so often that you don't build the same kind of... Um, it's really kind of, it's just a really, it's a small, intimate thing, um, which is my, probably my favorite part about it right now, because I think it creates an atmosphere for people to um, unfold their own fitness journeys in a sort of a safe place without judgment and a good community, a good tribe like around it. Um, and it can only be so big. So for me right now, I'm at that, actually at that brink of um, it's either a wait, a waiting list if they want to train with me or they'll have to sign, you know, train with my sister. But after that, they just, that's it. Like it's max capacity. So good and bad. Good that I'm there now. Um, yeah. tricky because I would love to figure out how to recreate this as it's an interesting, I want sounds so egocentric, but I don't mean it to sound this way, but I need to recreate me. <laughs> I need to have two or three or four me's to do this, right? And it's a hard thing to come across. <laughs> you get this? You know what I'm oh, talking I about? I totally get this. If I could create five of me in my old job, yep. life would be amazing. Right. And for me, for growth, I have to somehow create another me or, or, or ways to support it that it can. So it is. It's a really sort of not as, I don't want to say exclusive, but it is because I only have so much space and time right right um and it's great and i'm and i'm thriving um but business model wise yeah next step i gotta figure out the 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 way down that path without taking away that sort of intimate one-on-one -on -one attention to detail and i do think that's a little bit of what really makes it work for me as i am 
probably obsessively compulsively attentive to detail <laughs> right i mean that's what you have to do to make things work yeah so um so the, yeah that's just kind of how it is right now and um we'll we'll i'm unfolding sort of in in the next phase for growth because it's gonna have it's gonna have to go somewhere so yeah but absolutely. it's fun no that's that's great um Let's talk about that growth. So you mentioned, obviously, it's, you know, you, you said sister, correct? And you? Yeah, my sister. Yeah. Yeah. And she's only like really there part time. Yeah. So she's actually only just come recently. So she was supposed to help me when I first opened up a few years ago and it just life and family and things that didn't happen. So she's only just joined now. And it's a little, it's a little tricky because I'm solo. Like I, it's just me. I have no investors. I have no partner i have nobody in this business but me which is also an interesting dynamic being a female and the way my gym is and the way i train is actually very um i it's very masculine i'm i'm a i'm huge on resistance training i'm huge on yeah i'm huge on interval training um my my whole (laughs) my ultimate philosophy is trying to teach people to be um, like a jack of all trades, right? And a master of none. I don't know if you've ever heard that full quote, but it's a uh, yep. jack of all trades and a master of none is often better than a master of one because we have so many people who go just one dimensionally down a direction. Like they're just CrossFitters, right? And that's all they do. And then that's all they do well. And then they can do nothing else really well or they hurt themselves <laughs> doing it because it's, they're overtraining it or they're overdoing it or it's just an excess of, or you, like we have a whole community of ultra runners up here too. So we've got all these people running hundred mile races and, and all of these things are great. I've done CrossFit. I've done ultra running. I've done them all. But my whole thing is to try and teach people that, that if we could be a little more well, well-rounded, maybe not winning ultra races or, or winning CrossFit competitions, but be capable of doing all of these things with this, with this body that um, really is, is good at everything but not so one dimensional that it goes sort of off, off the deep end. Right. Yeah. Cause that just, you know, that just leads to overtraining and injury and all of these things. Um, and so uh, why did I get onto that? We were, what was the, <laughs> what was the question even? I kind of went down that path, but, um, but it's kind of like the, the intimate part of the gym setting that I've created, which is, is, is different and hard to recreate because so much of our culture does want to be so extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And, you know, to, you know, piggyback, you know, um, some notes here, it's like that there definitely is a way and we can talk about this after the pod, but there is definitely a way to keep that intimacy, but also still expand at the same time, because at the end of the day, we always want to grow and serve more people, right? do all this stuff. So, um, and obviously you have a vision, you already know exactly like what that looks like, but you got to put all the pieces together to be able to make the growth happen um in well you know. and that's hard because I'm so involved in the work right now too so that's like again needing this is where I'm at that space where I need I need more people or something I need to figure this out um oh so yeah. in fact my sister yeah she's she's supporting that now there's a lot that she's just kind of stepped in to be a manager of if that makes sense yeah um gotta have people that you can be, trust yeah but not just that I need to have people that I can like designate things to <laughs> right because i don't have the capacity Mm -hmm. yeah i I need help really ultimately because that's kind of the tricky business side of this to keep it keep it like it is and then 
yeah, work towards the growth. Yeah, it's like, and that's gonna lead me to my next question here, but it's like, it's almost like, you know, we got to figure out how do we get more members, but then in the back of your head, it's like, okay, I know that I got to do this, but I'm the only one here right now. I have maybe X, Y, and Z people in mind that when I get to that point, I can be like, Hey, ring, you want to come work for me? And it's, it's almost like you got to like time it just right. So it's, you have everything in place, but it's like you said, it's tricky. It It is. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I like the idea of what it is so much that I almost would rather just, I almost would rather just increase the cost of it and have less of it. Does that make sense? Um, Which doesn't really, doesn't really serve this industry, right? We need volume, right? Um, And then that also outprices a bunch of people who could benefit from it. So it's like this fine line between having something that is like that for people, but then only so many people can afford it. And then, making it accessible to everybody but then as soon as you have everybody in on it it's it's a disservice like they don't get nearly as much out of it right Mm -hmm. and and for me really that is the big thing like actually teaching people these things about their bodies and how to move and and having a class of like you know 50 people where it's like a group x style or something is that's nothing of what i ever want to do because it's I I just you know that's, that's just everything that already is well and it's everything that already is right I mean yeah. and not not anything against Orange Theory but the concept of that too I mean how many people can you have in a class you can have probably thirty people yeah and you can turn you can turn and burn those classes right and but you have to have different instructors instructing and you have to have the platform and and so what I do is is I almost don't want to do that with it because I feel like it takes away from what it is, but then I can't really go the other way either. I don't know. So anyways, yeah, that's my, um, my next step for, for growth is figuring all that out. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you're right. Like, it's like, you know, although OTF has probably what 1500 studios, it's like somewhere along the line, you know, there, there's like the balance of some sort, right? Like some studios you have, you know, not just OTF, it could go for, you know, any bigger franchise. It's like, Right. You know, like it's, that's the question. How do you keep well, the boutique intimacy? Right. And, and they've done a good job. They actually, I mean, they have a concept, they have a, a structure, right. And then they've taken it and taught it in, in enough of a structured disciplined way that everybody who teaches it is teaching the same concept. Right. Um, and so and that's ultimately what I could do at the end of the day is take my structure of, of how I have things designed to do I do 90 day challenges throughout the year and I do really um, base my workouts. Like I split my days, like we do legs on Monday and Thursday. Right. And then it's our chest day, Tuesday, our back day, you know, Wednesday, Fridays are total upper body or, or our conditioning sports performance day, like where we do plyometrics or agility or stuff like that. And then I do a Saturday day. So the, the, across the board, I mean, I've even thought about this, taking the concept of how I do it, which mm-hmm. again, it's not orange theory and I'm not even on any level like this, but um, the concept of what I do and the structure, because that is where people see success, right? And and then building from there, yeah, building a franchise or something, but, um, but not losing the idea behind it and the attention right. to detail. Oh, that's that, what kills me. Yes, I know. And being, you know, somebody that's worked so hard, it's like, 
you're like, I see that, I see that little, mm-hmm. little detail. I'm like, I, I got to fix it. I got to, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing because I think any athlete or anybody that just is like that, it's, it's, it's almost like a blessing in a disguise in a way, because you do oh, yeah. have attention to detail and you are able to see that correction or that, mm-hmm. that, um, whatever the case is, you have that to be able to be like, yes, I know. I see this. I got to take care of this. Um, and you know, with just the two of you, you know, talk to me real quick about like, what is your member base like? How many people do you have? What's oh, the square footage? So t- to be honest, uh, so my gym is, um, it's just under a thousand square feet. It's tiny. Um, and it's really just a, it's basically just a strip of open floor. And then I have TRX straps and, um, dumbbells, kettlebells. I have, you know, I have two assault bikes. I have two rowers. Like I, I don't have, I have two treadmills. Um, it's, it's very limited. It's just, you know, like anything, if you were to walk into a, a CrossFit gym or even an orange theory where it's just, you've got space, you can bring stuff in, you can put stuff out, but sure. Um, you can set up your groups however you want to set them up, but it really is a lot of just functional equipment. I don't have any machines, um, and I do have a barbell, and I do, but um, I really just have two of everything. That's it, um, and then it allows me to work. and And to be honest, I can't really fit in my space more than twelve people in a class, anyways. And I do a ton of privates. I do, I do. So client base, I would say. Um, Gosh, I have I have clients that I've had for ten years that I still see three days a week, right? And those um, those take this space that I can't. That's the space that I can't really give to new people because that um, it's interesting. Because I say I like to teach people like I would teach my kids how to take care of themselves because they're not going to have me forever, right? So that's my philosophy with them: is look, I'm going to teach you how to do this yourself. You're going to know the cues. You're going to know the structure. You're going to know how you need to do this for work to rest ratio. Like you're going to understand how to move your own body. And then you're going to go do it. (laughs) Like that's my, like then fly from the nest, right? Come back and see me for groups or whatever. But I want to teach you this so that you can go have, which is probably the worst business (laughs) philosophy, right? I, I want to teach you and then go away. You're done. Like come back and visit me and say hi and show me your progress. But like, You've made it, right? Um, and then because of that, because of my um, what I teach them and my attention to detail and the way that we build their bodies and their strength, it's almost like because of that, they hold on to me in this way. Like they don't want to let go. Yeah, they're like, no, you've taught me this. You've brought me here. And, and now I'm staying forever, <laughs> which is kind you of- do it so well that either A, they may leave, but they're going to refer so many people to you or they're going to yeah. come out like, listen, I just, I need your accountability. I need you to get me back or, you know, whatever the case is, but you do it so well, you do your craft so well that, you know, they have no choice because there's going to be nobody that has the connection with you like that anywhere else. Well, right. And I mean, the reason we have jobs in this industry is because it is hard for people to do this on their own, right? It isn't their thing. They aren't, you know, driven to just move every day easily yet. They know they have to, Right. So there's, there's a reason that we, that they need us in some ways, even though it's so natural for us to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really natural for me to want them to do it too. But 
but it, it is a really interesting dynamic right now. And this is actually just kind of me thinking about it in my own head and talking out loud to you about it. But um, it's like, I, w I want so desperately for them to learn everything that they can learn from me, like, and become their best body, their best self, their best health. Like, and we talk about everything. I mean, you know, I'm super into biohacking and supplementing, um, but, but for the normal person, right? Like not for anybody who's going to be crazy diving down it. Um, but they, then they get a little like, well, this is my time three days a week and don't ever give it to anybody else. <laughs> like, this is me. I'm staying here forever. And I'm like, well, I might need to shift you or move you or something. And they're like, no, this is mine. <laughs> and I almost become possessive of it. It's this interesting dynamic that's happening for me right now. And I think that's that edge of I'm, I'm obviously busy enough and popular enough um, that it's starting to become a threat for a lot of people. And so it's, I don't know, I, I'm trying to figure out how to just even manage that business wise, right? Mm -hmm. It's tricky. So they say great things about me, but they also don't almost don't want anybody else to come in and take their spot. It's crazy. It's actually really crazy right now. It's it's an interesting dynamic. Um, so yeah, maybe you have some suggestions on that for me. I do. I got my my wheels are turning here. Um, but it's 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 one you know like from from what I've done and you know I'll uh, share my feedback after we're finished here. But mm -hmm. it's like you know you're you're I can see it like for me to you like everything that you're saying and obviously I haven't opened up my own gym, but. I've been in a bunch of different gyms where it's like, you don't, you don't have to have some crazy programming that's like out of this world. Also, mm -mm. Great. but you know, talk about the basics. Yeah. If you do the fundamentals of what you believe in and what you were taught, taught the right things, hopefully. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, being NASM, I also am a NASM certified coach and trainer. So it's, it's mm -hmm. pretty, pretty diligent. And obviously just, you know, everything that you've learned from, you know, collegiate training and your coaches and things like that. So it's like, you have this vision and this purpose and this skill set that you are implementing to people and you're doing it in such a way that you're not just taking their money and being like, okay, mm -hmm. let's and then kicking them out. It's like, you're instilling you, what you believe to be mm -hmm. right in a way that makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, all, all good things. Um, uh, back to my original question. Sorry. Uh, I got off. No, um, if you had to put a number on, like, say, reoccurring members that are consistently showing up to your facility, just ballpark. Well, right now, I mean, I, I've just had to cap my groups because I have there's too many people in them, right? I've had to turn some people away recently. Oh. Um, I know a little bit of that's just floor space, right? Sure, yeah. Um, and that's the next step too, is to just find a bigger space probably. Cause I really did start small. It's tiny. Like I could absolutely do three times the space and three times the people and handle it still, yeah. you know, with, with my sister and maybe one more trainer, just to make sure that you've got a, a good trainer to client ratio, right. Um, for group workouts to work. Um, but I, I, um, my numbers again, cause I'm so small, um, my groups and I only do, three groups a day, right? So I only do a morning, a noon, and an evening group every day, right? And then I don't do a Friday evening group and I only do one group on Saturdays. So I don't have like a whole day of groups like a CrossFit gym would or anything or Orange Theory, right? Like, cause every hour in between is a private client. 
So I've got that dynamic going on as well. I'd love to open okay. up more groups, but then I've got yeah. private clients and they don't want to lose their spot. I mean, I literally just had a conversation today. My 11 o'clock client, I start a noon group and my noon group's pretty big right now. And my 11 o'clock client is like, well, this isn't really working for me because everybody's strolling in 15 minutes before we're done and, you know, wanting my information and talking to me and, and chirping with each other and having a great time and a, and a build. And now I can't stack those two hours anymore. I have to give myself some space in the middle because the volume is just too much now. So now I have to shift the privates up and none of them want to move <laughs> and none of the group people want to move. So, so, I mean, I'm doing, again, I'm doing sometimes 10 hours a day. Um, and it's only three of those are groups. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some, if I can, if I can make my life make sense, I'll try to Mac cap at eight hours a day. Right. But, so I can be home for my kids at night too. Right. Which is just tricky. Um, but it's, it's unfolding actually really nicely. My sister does my nighttime groups now, but, um, but yeah, the, I mean, I do, gosh, right now I have probably only maybe 50 people that come in and out of my groups. Um, I can, my max capacity on my floor is really 12. Um, as soon as I get more on there, it's just chaos. It's just hurting cats. Right. Yeah. And, and if, yeah. Oh, sorry. What? Oh, no, I say it just kind of gets uh, complicated at that point. Yeah, it just, it is. It's like hurting cats. It's silly. Um, and then it's a disservice to them and I go crazy. So um, again, you want them to get quality. I want them to get quality. Um, and it's, it's hard when you start to hit that, that number mark that it's just, there's so much flow. How do you keep it quality without turning people away? How do you bring more people in? Mm -hmm. um, how do you manage growth? <laughs> Lots of different ways. Um, <laughs> right. Too many to list actually, but no, it's, um, it's not a bad thing to have, but it's only a bad thing to have if you don't, you know, and I'm not applying this to you. I'm just saying in a general sense, like it's a bad thing to have if you're not willing or ready or know how to, you know, truly just like go full on for whatever circumstance. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's troubleshooting now because um, yeah. I'm here and um, I, I need floor space to grow for groups period. Mm -hmm. um, and I do need more trainers. Um, to be working in my gym if I'm going to be able to even refer new clients so they don't have to wait on a wait list right so yeah. just yeah um to, again not a lot of numbers if we're talking numbers here right um no, well, with the but, space I mean that's you know they, they typically say roughly maybe 100 members per thousand square foot give or take the layout the setup you know there's a lot of other factors that are involved so you're like yeah. right you know there. about there yeah yeah mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely time, you know, to <laughs> time, time to sit down, make some notes and make some changes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, it's, it's going to happen. You're a very driven and passionate individual. And I think all the listeners out there can definitely hear that. Uh, and I can obviously see it, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, digging into a couple other things here as we uh, make our way through is talk to me about, you know, obviously you're not super big yet. You will be right. Uh, you know, you, you have, you know, and we kind of like in a, in a nonchalant way talked about this without actually asking the question, but I'm going to ask the question just for context. Okay. But, you know, 
bigger picture. You know, we already know that a bigger space is something that inevitably has to happen. More members has to happen. More, Mm -hmm. you know, more Jodies have to happen. (laughs) You know, so let's let's talk short term and long term real quick. One to three years, where would you want to be with members, staff, facility, things like that? And then not too overwhelming. Let's go like five mm-hmm. years. Like, like where do you want Woodworks Fitness and Recovery to go? And the ultimate picture of where like it's been 10 years, we started mm-hmm. here and this is where I envision myself going. Mm-hmm. Um, so it hasn't even been two years yet. And I think my, my, um, my glitch right now is that I didn't even expect it to be this um big now right so I started some I could have gone into this whole space myself and I decided not to because you know you don't want to bite off more than you can chew and I am a I'm solo right like and I and I love that I am I love that I don't have to deal with anybody else on any level really I love that um I can call my own shots I love that I can do this the way I want to do it however being solo again is means you're only you and you can only do as much as your capacity can do and in, in, in life and work and everything. Right. So mm-hmm. I was planning on this whole two year build to just be rolling. Right. I was like, it's going to take me two years. And this is post COVID. It's going to take me two years just to even have a full, you know, 40 hour work week. Right. So when I did open this, I was still working a couple of days um, down in a town called Granite Bay, um, which is where I was at the other independent gym. And so I was still doing that for two days. And I was planning on being there for two days with my client base from there um, for the full two years. Mm -hmm. I was like, and, and I was like, maybe, maybe at a year, I can drop it down to one day down there. Right. And then, so that my whole, my whole trajectory was, this is going to take a lot longer than it has. Um, and so now, honestly, my short-term three-year goal, if, if I'm being reasonable and rational is just to get a grip on what's going on right now. Right. Like just, it, and that sounds crazy, but again, I'm a single mom with two yeah. kids, right. Who's just opened a business and I, um, I only have so much capacity. So now I absolutely need help, right? I can't just do this on my own anymore. So I either need to, even in the next three years, probably address, um, well, now that my sister Andrea is there, it's so great because she's got fantastic managerial skills and um, a lot of the things that I will put on the back burner, she attends to, which is huge because they can't be on the back burner anymore. Yeah, they they just can't like things have to get done and and Every, everything's got to be put on the grill right now. It's got it's got to yeah. get yes, exactly. Otherwise, this is going to go bad fast, right? Oh, so, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, so yeah, so she her coming in right now is really great timing because she's taking care and she's actually looking at me and shaking her head. She's like, ah, oh, you should have done this two years ago when you opened. And I was like, okay, I could, you know, like um, I did. I opened um. So I guess most most women in business versus most men in business, most women want to be 110% ready to go before they open, which can totally delay opening business or never open business, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of, and, and then, and this is just statistics. Um, I don't know the statistics offhand, so don't quote me on any of this, but generally speaking, what I have read and heard is that 
and men will open businesses um, 80% ready to go and go, right? And then they'll unfold the other 20% as they go because it's just nature of the beast. Again, there's plenty of women that open at 80% and, and vice versa, but, um, but a lot of a mentor of mine really highly mentioned that to me. She was like, look, you need to go even if you're not completely ready because otherwise you'll never be ready. And so I, I took that advice and I did, and I went, and there is still this like 20% that I'm trying to catch up on. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, I wouldn't be open and I wouldn't be running if I didn't start, but now it's like, I, now I, I'm cleaning up that sort of 20% of, of undone. I mean, it's not 20% anymore. We're just putting numbers to it for, for frame of reference. But um, so this next three years, I need to obviously put my sister in a place to do managerial stuff that I cannot do. Um, and I probably need to start looking for a bigger space. And I think yeah. that I can't, I cannot do anything growth wise without that. I can't even get more equipment. I can't even have another set of dumbbells. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I can't even say, oh yeah, let's just open up some space because I only have so many dumbbells I can fit in my little tiny gym. So I have, I have, I have to address the space issue in the next three years and and with that, I'll be able to address more members, right? Or more clients or more people in the groups. Yeah. Um, but I can't even, I, I can't even facilitate it right now. So I'm, I'm, at, I'm at a hold until I figure that part out, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean I can't sit there pretty for a little while and just get comfortable and clean up my other stuff. So that's kind of also what's in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Just get things organized, maybe sit for a minute. And then maybe in five years, okay, now how do we expand? Like, what's the plan right now to build towards expansion? Even if it just means that my facility, instead of being a thousand square feet is now 3000 square feet, right? Yeah. And then I can bring in a couple of, you know, like having a, having a box, CrossFit box, right? Like that sort of size, that sort of concept, but with my way of training and being, which is very performance enhancement based, it's very um, athlete based and I say that, but I think everybody should be, could be, wants to be an athlete. And we all have the potential to be if we learn how to move our bodies in the right way. Um, and it's a really sort of sweet spot to be in the middle, like a, an athlete who can play any sport, jump on a soccer field, right? You know, maybe go play some tennis. I don't know, shoot some hoops, like be able to do all of it relatively well. Um, so that's kind of, um, I guess, short-term and long-term where I'm, where I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, need to make some more solid notes on that, but no, you, uh, it's, you know, it's the active movement. You can be an athlete of your own body. Right. It doesn't so I mean you have to go be Usain Bolt and run, you know, in the Olympics, right. but it's, you can be John Smith that, you know, can now go race their kid around the park, you know, something where it's, yeah. it's just, yeah. so yeah. All, yeah, all those things. And also just feel good in your own body. Really, honestly, that's the, the end result of all of this is that you're healthy and you feel good and you can move and you are adding to your longevity. Your, you know, your hormones are secreting in a, in a, in a better way because you're moving, right? You're adapting, you're adjusting, you're, you're growth oriented instead of decline oriented, right? Absolutely. Um, ah, so, so much good stuff. We could just go on and on and on and on. About I know, I could talk forever. <laughs> No, it's, it's good though. I love it because, you know, it's going to, you know, for time purposes, lead me into my next question for you, which I think okay. is, I don't, me personally, I don't get um, this often for our listeners. So I am absolutely thrilled to ask this question. You know, you're not even two years in, 
mm-hmm. and you've got X, Y, and Z going, you know, you, we, you know, kind of dissected some, not necessarily problems, but things that are coming up that are going to get taken to the next level that is going to allow you to continue to keep going. Mm-hmm. As far as some nuggets or some eggs of advice is what I always say sometimes, you know, the fragile egg of advice, you know, what for somebody that we'll, we'll, we'll plan out here, somebody that doesn't have a game plan, mm-hmm. somebody that doesn't have a lot of, we'll, you know, say maybe funds or just resources to start coming from your experience, what would you tell them is the most important thing, you know, to, to actually getting from, you know, behind the fence to over the fence? Um, so that's interesting because I came from not really a plan and not a lot of resources. It's exactly where I came from here. Um, it, again, it, it was just being a little patient with it and letting it unfold um, and and trusting that for me, I knew this was where I needed to be in a career. Like I knew I, I, I am. I'm obsessed with the body. I love I'm. I nerd out all of the time on, you know, what's new, what's relevant, what's happening, what do we know, what is science saying, how can we move, how can we move better, like, I mean, and exercise is really my favorite, movement is my favorite, but I am so into, like, the endocrine system, and I'm so into, like, what's happening, and what hormones are stimulating, all these things, right, so, so there's this part of me that just knows that I'm crazy into this, and I trusted that, and that's the part, it does not matter if you don't really have a plan. It does not really matter if you haven't figured out your finances. The first question is, is this the choice that I should be making, I think? And that is unfortunately what a lot of people don't do. They do this for business, which is fine too. Again, you can say, look, I'm just going to open businesses. I mean, um, do you know, um, what's his name? Alex Hermosi or whatever. Is that his name? Um yeah, and he was he just was opening gyms, right? Like that was his whole thing. I'm just gonna open all these gyms and franchise all these gyms. And he was doing it really, I mean, he was a fitness guy, but the the way I understand him is that he was doing it for business, right? Doing it as an entrepreneur. And then he went from gym owner, gym guy to straight entrepreneur, right? So his way his desire behind it and want behind it, um, I think is very different than mine, if we want to look at it that way. I love this shit. Sorry, I don't know if I can say that on it, but I love it. I love talking about it. I love doing it. I love, I practice what I preach. Like I'm beyond into what I do. And it is, it, I could talk all day, all night, all my life about this stuff. People always are like talking to me about it at, you know, events or, or social settings or what. And they're like, oh, you probably don't want to talk shop. And I'm like, yes, let's talk it. <laughs> let's talk about the body. Let's talk about exercise. Really? Let's talk about all these things. Right. So, um, I think that's the biggest thing. No plan, no funds. Make sure that then you have at least the desire or the drive or the grit behind it, right? Mm -hmm. Then you just unfold it one step at a time, right? So I just had to be patient. I could only buy so much stuff at once. And this was during COVID. I couldn't even get a small business loan. So I was literally like putting shit on credit cards. I was like, credit card one, two, three, and four. (laughs) And I would just roll through okay, this first, this next, this next, this next, and then pay off as you go, like roll through it. And, and it was fine because I was patient with it. And it was in a time where we were all, everybody could be patient, right? It was like through COVID, like there was a whole, it was slow to do anything. And even to get equipment during that time was kind of tricky, right? So Mm -hmm. 
I couldn't even get a lot of things. And then some things were way overpriced because there was all, it was just crazy. But if I just was patient and let it unfold, it just all kind of unfolded. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a little bit of it is as long as you have uh, the desire to get it done, or you really know that that's where you're going. Um, you should probably be more organized than I was. <laughs> I would probably recommend that, but, um, but I knew I was going that way and I knew, okay, I can manage this right now. I can manage this equipment right now. And I, I did, I stashed a bunch of it in my garage for a while until I was ready. I started buying it before I had my space and I was looking for my space. And then, um, when I got my space, I had to buy more. So it was just, it was just, and it took, I only got my space in November of 2020 and I opened in May of 2021 because we had to do all the TIs on the building. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a bunch of stuff from like literally through COVID. I was like, okay, COVID's happening and I got a lot of downtime. I'm going to open my own gym. <laughs> so a little bit of just timing and luck and life, right? Um, but also I, I wasn't worried about the outcome because I knew that that's where I wanted to go. That was the trajectory. So um, it could have gone the other way easily. Like it does for a lot of entrepreneurs and stuff, right? Like they dive mm -hmm. all in and then they lose it all. Like, so it could have, I could have absolutely wasted a ton of money and not been able to open this. Um, so that's a little bit of the risk you take. But as, as far as advice goes, I'm not sure I'm the one to give it because it was not structured. It was not. It was literally like just trust, trust your gut on this, Jody, and go. And that's what I did. No, that uh, I think that speaks more volume than putting together a nicely structured paragraph that makes you look good. <laughs> you know, it's you, you, you know, two things that stood out to me in that is you have the desire and the passion, the drive. You know, you, you got to have the motor to drive, yeah. to drive, to drive, or the, the transmission and the, the gears to drive the engine, right? Mm -hmm. When you have those and you're all in without fear of trajectory, mm -hmm. possibilities are endless. Mm -hmm. And again, if you were doing this, like, you know, um, Hermosi or whatever, you, he, that was not the, tra the trajectory was success, business success, right? So I'm sure his plan was incredibly outlined and organized and together, but it was, it was a different, a different um, sort of channel of, of working towards what he was doing at that time. Right. And again, it was business minded. So now he does a whole bunch of other stuff and makes, you know, as a whole entrepreneurial career is impressive. Right. It's so crazy. And, but he had failed a thousand times too. Right. I mean, right. they do. Yeah, so out of his uh, car. Yeah. Yeah. Or it is like girlfriend's parents' house. He was living in for a while. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, and again, I was doing the same thing. Ultimately, it was COVID and I was living um, in my parents, one of my parents, so they had like an empty house that they were about to sell, but then COVID hit. And so I actually moved in there with my kids and that was kind of, I was literally living on nothing, but lucky for me, I had that backup too. And it allowed me to build towards what I wanted. Um, and that gave me a little window to collect some money and manage it a little bit. So and yeah, and then you just invest in it. It's, it's, it, money's meant to be that tool to invest in the things that you want to grow, right? So reinvest yeah. in yourself and your company. Yeah. Reap, reap the harvest that you uh, put together. Yeah. And that's what it's for. Use it to, to do what you want to do. That's right. 
Um, well, cool, Jody. I uh, really appreciate the answer. You know, I think that speaks on for a lot of people that, you know, aren't in a position to, yeah. they have bukus of money or even, you know, a little bit more money and, you know, a plan. So, you know, it, it doesn't matter what kind of person you are, what kind of plan you have or what lack of plan you have, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, the, 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 the feeling desire behind it. So all good things said there. Um, lastly, as we wrap it up here, Ms. Jody, give our listeners a quick reference of how can they look up your facility? You know, you know, Insta handles, Facebook, a website, you know, an address, you mm -hmm. know, whatever it is, how can they reach Woodworks Fitness and Recovery? Yeah, so I am on Instagram as Woodworks Fitness. Um, you can look me up there and also on Facebook. Um, I do have a website and it's just www.woodworksfitness.com. You can reach me on the website. You can book classes there. Um, you can message me on Instagram. Um, my phone number is all over it. You can text me, call me, um, however you want to do it. I am very much the person you will get a hold of <laughs> if you message or or call. Um, there's nobody else answering the phones. So um, it's it's really, I think it's really great if you do call. Um, I will return your message or I will call you back and and it will be firsthand what's what's happening or what's going on or where you can come in. Um, so yeah, so I've got that. Um, but just those those are the avenues. If you want to come into my gym, um, downtown Auburn, which is Auburn's a really a quite it's a really sweet town. Um, it's like a small town, even though it's pretty big on the edges now. Um, so I'm right downtown, which is really the hub of there's old town and then there's downtown, which are like the two hubs of the town. And I'm right downtown um at 927 lincoln way and it's a really great little spot there's um a, this fire pit across the street that is always burning um which the town does and it's it's just a nice little sort of it's a sweet little spot right in the middle of town um so yeah you can come check me out there awesome thanks for sharing that jody and for everybody listening out there go check her place out it sounds really cool we've got an awesome driven passionate individual that you know, wants to spread the joy of fitness in, you know, the most passionate form. So if you're in the area, check her out, give her website a look. Um, and then for anybody out there listening, if you want to be on our show, please click the link below, fill out your information. We'll be in touch. We'll get you on. We'll have a great conversation um, and we'll discover any and all things related to you and your business. So with that being said, everybody, that's the show. Until then, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us in the on the show is Greg from Life Fitness Management. What's going on, Greg? How are we doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. Now, before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you have going on at Life Fitness Management, Tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place? 
Uh, when I describe the business to people, I tell them, first of all, that we've been in the business as a business for 15 years. And in that process, I learned a lot. Um, we're doing some of the things we did before. Um, we're doing some of the things, different, and that's a benefit to the person coming here. We're always evolving. We're always getting better. And I believe, uh, as we talked about earlier, that everybody's going to offer you nutrition. Everybody's going to offer you training. Everybody's going to offer you accountability or some variation of that in some capacity. I tell people a lot when they walk through, have four walls in it. The people in the programming make it what it is. We have good people programming and we learn a lot and we look into the client and we figure out what's going to work best for you using our history, using your history and using what we know to work. Um, and we, we've had pretty good success with that. Yeah. Just, uh, so tell us a little bit about like your personal journey into the fitness industry. Well, interestingly enough, I, in 1988, I went to a university that's local here, um, and I had a, a really good friend at the time. I was going to school to be a health teacher that mm -hmm. was my goal at that time, um, and I said, wouldn't it be cool to have, because I was an athlete, I worked out a fair amount, um, I loved, loved the gym, always had. I said, wouldn't it be cool to have a job where you were in the gym every day, all day long? And we were joking, walking back from a practice that I was at. Um, so fast forward three years into the health teaching industry, realizing that there were a lot of health teachers out there that were unemployed. So I made a drastic switch. I went to Allied Health and I started doing x-ray and CAT scan and worked in the medical field for probably 12 years. In that time, my physician friends opened a gym um, she asked me if I would train in that gym. I had done some personal training starting clear back in 1993. Um, and she opened this gym in 2000. So I said, sure. And I went there and, and I started training there. I trained for about six months. They asked me to manage. I managed. And a couple of years after that, I, we opened our own facility and here we are. And it was never a plan to be here, but for however, or whatever, here I am. And I, yeah. I don't have a business background other than what 30 years have taught me. That's a long time. So let's talk a little bit about what you've learned over the past 30 years. So if you could choose two skills, just kind of rely on to build your business from the ground up, what would those two skills be and why? I, so I, I work with students um, from the university they learn here, and whenever I talk about training as a career, um, the skills that I think needs to be um, honed or bettered or um, maybe people need to work on a little bit more is the interaction with people. You have to be in the space with that person. You have to engage. Um, if you're going to take somebody on a trip, uh, a life-changing trip, lifestyle change, then you have to meet them where they are and you have to give a little yourself. So you better be ready to embrace them and understand and be empathetic to them. So empathy for where people are. Um, we've got a great deal of that over the years of working with people. We've worked with a lot of people, but I think it's important to be able to actually sit down and, and you know, it sounds cliche, but listen, we have a tendency to spurt out all the different things we're going to do for them, for a individual, 
and we we skip the most important part and that's why they're there and what they've already done that may have been not so successful for them. So I, I would say one thing for sure is listen. Um, that's a skill set. Um, I also think that uh, the number two thing would be um, to make sure you understand that like this podcast does, for instance, there's a lot of people out there doing the same thing you're doing. And I can promise you that somebody out there has been on this road before and you're just putting new pavement down. And all, all you got to do is reach out. And there are lots of people out there that are willing to help. And that's a, that would be, I probably spent the first 15, 20 years in the industry believing I had to do it all alone. And that's a lonely place sometimes. Hmm. I, I like that point that you brought up. So, I mean, when you realized, or I guess like when you decided to, I guess, ask for help, what did that look like for you? Did you find mentors or did you start networking with other gym owners? Interestingly enough, I, I, I do think you, you do some nutrition, right? You do some coaching, you do some things like that, correct? Mm-hmm. So when, that, when, you, when you're on a floor one-on-one, a lot of times you're with business people, you're with doctors, you're with lawyers, you're with, you know, and, and in our field as personal trainers, and I'm a personal trainer, I'll always be a personal trainer. I own a business, but at my heart, in my heart, I'm a personal trainer. But those people that you're working with all the time are a huge resource for information. Um, they're, they're in the business world. They're in there. They, they have roles and they have things that they've done that apply to your business. And so ask them. I, I've n- never had a client refuse me help if I ask them. Um, and, and again, you have to be understanding that they're, not, they're there to get a workout. They're not there to help you necessarily. But again, you got to make sure you understand where they're coming from and they have value to the conversation as well. So that, that's a great resource is actually mentoring people that are you're working with every day that are probably in your gym. But then we, the great resource we have out there now is these podcasts. For instance, you can get online and there's such a, such a great group of people out there just putting information out. And, you know, when I started, the internet didn't exist, right? So you couldn't, like, all the information you need, all the information an individual needs is out there. They just got to know where to go to find it. So that's a great um, resource for people out there that are in the situation that we're in. But the first step of that is realizing you need help. You can't do it alone. People People will make you successful. If you learn that skill, you'll be very successful. Yeah, awareness is always going to precede change. You drop the mic right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good point. Um, awareness is key for sure. Um, okay, so let's transition a little bit to talking about what you've done over the past like 30 years to build a successful business. And let's start with how, you, how are you getting people in the door? Um, what's been working for marketing? And what's something that hasn't worked so well that you stopped doing? So I've done, I've run the gamut. I've had TV commercials. I have a newspaper. I did flyers. I did mailers. I did. And I think all of those things had some sort of success to some point in, in terms of getting the name out there, name recognition locally. They're all helpful. Um, but I think long term, the thing that helped me the most and did the most for me I mentioned to you when we talked earlier was that we do a radio show here locally that I'm on and the it's a show that happens from six to 10 and the population that listens to it 
are between 45 and 85 years old, which is my demographic. I know they're there, I know they're listening. And every week for 15 minutes, 20 minutes sometimes, uh, two times a week, I'm on there talking to them and they know who I am, I'm Greg from the radio. And when they need help, they call the show or they come to Life Fitness Management. And that's been, that's been actually by far the biggest producer of members. And then those members create the second biggest one and truthfully probably ends up being the biggest one. And that's word of mouth. You know, when members come in, you know, and they have success, you know, they're going to tell people and then you, the population just grows from there. Um, I probably would never do a newspaper ad again. Um, I would probably never do, a, I shouldn't say never, never is a long time. Some of those stuff's coming back, but flyers, mailers, that type of thing. Um, I think, the, I think honestly, banners out along the road, if you can get away with it, are great advertising tools. You know, people are traveling all the time. So all of those things work. But in terms of interacting, I, we do a lot, of, uh, a lot of social media stuff now on Facebook specifically. I think that's a great resource now that wasn't there when we started because um, one of the hardest things about getting people to use your facility is to get them in there and get them to trust you. Well, if they already have a relationship with you because they're seeing you on Facebook, they feel like they know you, they know members in your facility, they recognize them by name. Um, they've already got somewhat of a relationship before they ever walk through the door. So that's a, that's a great resource as well. Gotcha. Okay. So I think you mentioned earlier that the internet wasn't even around right before you started to use your business. So with keeping some of the goals in mind that we were talking about pre-podcasts, um, maybe possibly expanding into a second location, what do you think will have to change about the way that you're doing your marketing? Um, I think uh, one is we will be very much more um, focused on our message. Um, we're trying to be better at that now. Um, we know our demographic. We, we are very aware of the people that we succeed with well. Um, we get a lot of people that come in here that may or be outside of that demographic. But um, I find if we promote to that group, if we talk to that group, if we work with that group, and they see us working with that group, um, I think we're having a better focus. And, um, you know, I, as I said to you before, I like to talk. And one of the other pieces of advice that um, somebody told me a long time ago is don't overwhelm people with all that you do right away. Give them a couple things and let them hear those and resonate with them a little bit. And then the next time, give them a little bit more and give them a little bit more. Um, you're far more likely to have somebody uh, take in or absorb what you're saying if you give it to them in little pieces. And actually, a kid taught, taught me that. He was 18 and I was 45. And he said, if I could tell you anything that I learned from your facility or your facility needs to do different, I shouldn't say I was 45, I was probably 40 at the time, as he said, um, uh, tell people less. Tell people less and you'll get more um, because he, he suffered from uh, vomiting of the mouth. And, you know, by the time he was done, people, he lost people. And I think we have a tendency to do that sometimes. And so in marketing, I want to be precise and I don't want to do that. Hmm. Why the words from, from an 18 year old, huh? Exactly. Right. Learn from anybody. Yeah. 
So I want to like dive a little bit deeper. Like, so you said you're working on like your copy and your messaging and being more concise. Mm -hmm. Could you elaborate on that? Like, are you going to be spe speaking more to your specific target audience? Is that what you mean? Correct. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to our target audience. We will have photos in, in our marketing of people that we see the mo most of the time in our facility because people like to see people that they look like in there, right? They don't, they don't relate to people necessarily that they don't look like, or at least there has to be some of those people, that group of people around. So it's important to do that. But when I say precise, I mean less words. Like I, I tell my trainers coming in, we ask three questions. What do you, what do you wanna do? What have you done? And how can we help? And then listen, that those, yeah. those things, if we can get that message out, you know, and it's important to listen to that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, you're the owner, obviously, of Life Fitness Management. My wife and I. Your wife, you and your wife. What are some of the things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis that that move your business forward? And what are some of the things you're doing that's going to allow you to, you know, open up and ultimately thrive in a second location? So because we're a training facility, um, you know, we, we, we don't deal with the numbers that of a general access gym would deal with. Um, and because of our marketing, be precise, most people that walk through our doors or call already know what they want. They ask for the Fresh Start program because uh, we, we do a really good job of branding that program. People know that it's a five-week program that's going to incorporate what we need to do. So I, to, I'm, and this is a long way around your, to your question if you ask, I train. I don't train near like I used to. I'm on the floor maybe eight hours a week, a week. Um, and I choose to do that because I love with people and I rotate clients. I like to touch a lot of different people. Um, so I do different people just to have access to them. Um, that's an ownership role that I choose to do. I wouldn't have to do that. I got trainers that are way better than I am, honestly, on the floor that do a better job day to day and engaging the people and working them towards their goals. But the, the big thing that I do is, is the phone rings to mine. And I answer the phone, any opportunity that I can. Sometimes I can't, but for the most part, that phone transfers to my phone. And when somebody calls Life Fitness Management at our phone number, I answer the phone. And people like that. And I like that. I like to know that. And then I can pass them on. I can get them where they need to go. But even if it's me saying, um, I, I'm un unfortunately not able to talk right now, but can we set up a time? You can come in and sit down with me and then we can set up a time. But just that little bit of time and doing that one thing, I think is a huge uh, reason for our success. Um, you gotta be accessible. You know, I think as an owner, um, you have to be successful. You don't have to be there. Uh, and most owners out there are probably rolling their eyes because they're probably there 50, 60 hours a week. So yeah. that does happen sometimes, I promise you, but you, um, you know, you don't have to, you, nor should you be everything all the time. Um, and if you are, you're probably sacrificing somewhere. That's a skill set you learn about, you know, a certain number of years in as well. Is there are people out there that are better at things than you? And it's probably in your best interest to get them in that position. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that one. Um, so as we come well, to- I don't know if I answered your question, but if whenever, when we go into a second location, that's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on that. We're going to focus on that more. Because again, we've been here for 14 years. 
Mm -hmm. So it took us 14 years to learn where we needed to be the niche and the environment's changing all the time. And yeah. I can promise you, if we talk three years from now, it will change. What I'm saying mm -hmm. to you will change in some capacity yeah. because that's the other key to success is you got to willing to be willing to navigate. You got to be willing to navigate things as they change. As we all know, over the past three years, we've had to uh, you know, pivot a little bit in every aspect. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. So um, as we come to a close here, tell our listeners a little bit about your long-term goals for your gym. Well, I, as I mentioned to you before, I, I think um, we, we pride ourselves on working on people's health and being health care, quote unquote. Um, we're a, a proactive approach to health care, making people healthy. So it's important for us as a facility, life management, to parallel or to um, put ourselves in positions to be and talk um, in conversations, the same as medical people do, um, because we are responsible for people's health and the programs that we do. I mean, we have gastric bypass people, we have diabetics, we have heart disease, we have all these things that are drastically impacted by a good health and fitness program. So that is healthcare. And I think we all would do the industry well to recognize that we have to talk that way. Yeah, aesthetics are great. Fitting into a bathing suit's great. Losing weight is always a good thing. You know, being at a healthy weight is important, but it's also important to affect your A1C. It's important to affect, you know, the potential for a history of diabetes. It's, and you have to have that conversation too. So you have to be able to sit down with somebody and not and, and be able to um, project them forward. Okay, so where are we going to be five months from now? Where are we going to be a year from now? But where are you going to be 10 years from now? You know, is your health going to be better because of the program that we're doing now? And will you still be doing it 10 years from now? Because it's easy to project somebody five weeks, five months. It's a lot harder to project somebody five years. You know, people that we don't, we don't live in that world, you know, people don't want to think that far ahead. Um, but your health, you know, your decisions you make now impact five years from now. So it's important to, to think about that. And that's what I think our facilities need to do in the fitness world is we need to work on that a little bit and, and be more, push the health more and we'll keep doing all the other stuff, but push the health that benefits more. Gotcha. All righty, Greg. Well, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, the best place to find us, our website is lifefitness-management.com. And on Facebook, you can find us at Life Fitness Management. And um, those places have links and ways to get a hold of us in a variety of different ways from appointments. We do some online stuff. So um, and my number is on there. People can call me from there. So that's the best way, Life Fitness-Management. That website will get you where you need to go. All righty. Well, thank you, Greg. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and looking forward to seeing what you're going to be able to accomplish down the road. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I hope we can talk again soon. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, we always love to have sometimes guests come back on for another time to see like what they've accomplished in the years and months that have passed. So very good. Maybe we'll, we'll reach out to you in a few years, see what you guys Excellent. That on. sounds good. I'll be here. Yeah. Um, but to our listeners, we appreciate you, appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. If you're interested in joining us, 
to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show, our guest today is Bill Dorton of Pure Life Fitness with two locations down in Florida, Delray Beach and Boca Raton. Bill, how are you today, sir? What is going on? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing very, very well. I'm excited to to dig into the business here and, and learn what we can learn from the pure life experience. Before we get into the business side of things and talk tactics and strategy and all of that, Bill, give us some context for what pure life fitness is. How do you describe pure life in your own words? So when we designed the concept that we run on there, we wanted a wellness destination. With that being said, we have a hair salon, which you probably wouldn't get much use out of, but. (laughs) (laughs) And then we also have, we also have a healthy restaurant. So we want people to come here and stay here for a while. So we, you come in, you get your workout, then you can hop on your computer and grab a wrap, a smoothie in the cafe and hang out a while. And then we're trying, we created the epicenter epicenter of town is kind of where we Mm -hmm. are. We're dead center of the main strip. And it's kind of like, we call it the heart of the town. So we get a lot of people that just will come in here just because they want to be a part of what we've created as the center of town. Yeah. And so fitness is one component, but not the only component. There's many different ways that, that we're providing value and, and getting people to spend their hard-earned money. Take us back. I'm, I'm interested in the origin of all of this. And you mentioned the concept that we were coming up with. So bring us back in time to not necessarily the day that the doors open, bring us back to when we were thinking about what Pure Life would be, what was going on for you? How did you become involved in all of this? Talk to us about the early days. So I was working at another gym as a personal trainer and my owner, the original owners and founders wife took a Groupon class to take one of my classes. And she really liked it. And then she went back and told him, hey, this gym's got some really good trainers. You should, if you really want to open a gym, you should come check out some of these guys. So he left the gym he was working at and came a contractor at the gym I was at. Just kind of sat back and watched everybody for like a year. 
didn't say much, didn't do real, really interact with everybody. And then one day he kind of pulled me to the side and goes, are you happy here? And I'm like, not really. He's like, your phone's going to ring at one o'clock, answer it. And then just walked away. <laughs> it's like the I'm, like, early on. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's kind of sketchy. And then sure enough, one o'clock, my phone rings and it was him. And he was telling me that he had this concept that he wanted to bring to life and bring me a part of. So over the next year, we kind of designed it all out in his living room. He was in the WWE for 10 years. So he traveled the world going gym to gym to gym in all these different cities with a notebook saying what he liked and what he didn't like. And then from, he brought me in with my experience in gyms and what management strategies work, why I'm not happy where I'm at, even though I was doing very well and things like that. And then we kind of put it all together and we took all the good and we tried to create something with none of the bad. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic of how this came to be. And I talked to all kinds of gym owners who started out in the training space in some capacity, weren't entirely happy. They, they knew that there probably was something more or a better way to deliver this. And it came in the form of somebody wanting to partner up with you. And so Pure Life is born. Here we are years and years later, but in the early days was the concept as formulated as it is now was the business in on day one similar to the business now or have things changed over that time so we started out pretty small we had about half of the square footage we have now in our facility and it was about four or five employees we were in there just grinding every single day working the desk if we had to selling memberships training clients teaching classes do what we had to do to get it started. And then we added on a small little smoothie bar. And we had that for about three years. And then we expanded the whole facility at year three and added another 6,000 square feet onto it. Hmm. And that's when it really blew up to be what it is now. A couple of evolutions along the way. Um, and, and potentially still more in the future. Who knows what the future will hold. But look back on that time for a minute and, and just sort of reminisce here. What's been, what's been your favorite part about being involved in this business and what's been the most challenging part about being involved in this? Uh, favorite part was in the very beginning of when we were sitting in each other's living room going over what we wanted and coming up with two words that we really live by is clean and honest. So we both worked in gyms and been to gyms where one, they're not clean, which once you're over the age of 18, that does matter. And then yep. it's the other is honest. There's so many gyms that make it so hard to get anything accomplished. If you need to cancel, you have to come in, you have to do all these 10 processes to do that. They lie to you about pricing. Then there's hidden fees and all that stuff. And we didn't want to do any of that. We tell you what our process is in the beginning and we stick to it. And that's been something that was really cool. And a lot of the challenges we had in the beginning some staffing issues because it's hard to <laughs> yeah. find it's hard to find yeah. people that have the same morals especially because a lot of them come from the broken system yeah when tra trainers come from a gym that's not clean and honest it's hard to get them to adapt into that but from the beginning we've had a good core of like six trainers that have been here since day one and we only have 12 trainers so it's 
half our trainers have been here for a long time and the core group we have has been awesome. The big issue we had was COVID just like everybody else. Yeah, for sure. We were lucky. And staffing, and staffing is something that could take us hours and hours and hours to talk about. So, so we'll save that one for another time, but COVID is, is certainly an experience. State by state was a little bit different for people. Florida, somewhere yeah, we were, in that situation. We were lucky. We were only really shut down for three months. But the area we're in, a lot of our people travel back and forth from New York. And the attitude of New York compared to the attitude of Florida was drastically different. And we had a lot of our seasonal members that just didn't come for a couple of years. They didn't want to leave their house. They didn't want to come down to Florida. We were labeled wild, wild west, all of the That's negative true. things. Yeah. But it was also a good thing because we got people from other places that wanted out. So we got a new crowd also. Interesting. Okay. So now that is, tell gone, me, tell me about, cause obviously people in our space in the fitness industry took a pretty big financial hit and membership hit throughout that time. You mentioned the seasonal aspect of our business sort of fell off, but we replaced it from a membership standpoint. Now compared to 2019, are we above where we were? Are we about at where we were? We're slightly above at this moment, which is kind of cool okay, because good. during COVID, we had a lot of people that came to Florida because we were open. Mm-hmm. So they got exposed to our area and they really liked it here. And then you get the people that were still holding out. So now you have everybody down here. So we bounced okay. back pretty solid. So we're able to to surpass 2019 numbers. Talk to me about the the marketing that goes into that bill. What what have you guys done in, in recent years that's been successful to bring some people in and maybe what hasn't been so successful from a marketing standpoint? So in the marketing, coming out of COVID, we spent a whole bunch of money. We got HEPA filters. We put <laughs> dividers up next to our treadmills. We repainted all of our walls with the hospital paint so nothing can stick to it. And we marketed that pretty strong coming out of COVID. And that helped us get the people that were kind of on the fence. Because coming out of COVID, you had people that were going to come to the day's door open. You had the people that aren't coming no matter what. And then you had the ones on the fence. We really targeted that middle group. And yep. getting them into here was the key to getting us back to where we are. How did we get that message out? Was this social media? How did we even let people know that we invested heavily in these things? Uh, I'm back. Lost you for a moment. So let me, (laughs) let me pick back up where I was. Uh, What, what, how did we get that message out, Bill? What was, what was the medium to even tell people about these investments? So we had our email list of anybody that's ever been to our gym. So we started there and we, in the very beginning, when COVID hit, we sent a message out saying, Hey, we know you might not be comfortable coming back. We're willing to freeze your membership for whatever price you want to pay to keep you here. You can give us $0. You can pay full price. Whatever you want to do, it's in your court until whenever you're comfortable coming back. Hmm. So that was kind of earning their trust back a little bit. And then as we opened up, we really told them all of the things that we were doing, just email blasting them, as well as going on the social media and posting that, we have these dividers up now. We have, we got one of those fogger machines that we used every day just to try to really 
show that we went far above and beyond anybody else and yep. to keep our members safe. And so now as, as hopefully we can one day leave COVID in the past and not have to talk about it in conversations like this, how does that marketing strategy change? Do we, do we advertise in some capacity? Do we lean into social media more? Do we continue to go with the email strategy, some combination of all of those? So we do a monthly email. It goes out and that's just kind of just a basis, but let's be honest, they're not open that often. Any email blast, if you get 20% open rate, you're doing pretty good. Our Delray location, we're dead center downtown. You have to walk past us to get to all the restaurants. You park right next to us in the parking garage. We have a giant mural down the wall. We stand out. So we don't spend a lot of money on marketing as much in Delray because we don't necessarily need to. You're going to okay. come by. You're going to come to us. We have a huge presence in the community. We've got all of the fairs and stuff that go on. We're a part of anything we can do with the DDA or anything we can. That way is where we really attack harder than actually throwing out ads. Okay. If We've learned that if we can become the cool gym in town through all the events, that people are more likely to come to that than if we're sitting here blasting social media ads out yep. especially in the town that we live in it's about a square from our gym two miles out either direction is 95 percent of our members so everybody stays in the same little bubble so we just hit that bubble as hard as we can i see okay and so you mentioned the Delray Beach location, we don't necessarily need to. What about the other location? Do we do we advertise in some capacity there? Yeah, our other location is much different. It's, it's still in like the downtown area, but it's in an area where there's not as much foot traffic. So we got to do everything we can to, to just drive foot traffic into us. So that one we do a lot of working with the communities around us. We have seven apartment towers around us. And okay. we work directly with, if you live there, you get a special rate. And we go through the management companies to get in their emails to touch all of those people really close by. And then we also do the social media ads and a couple of magazine ads in the Boca area. Okay. Now in either of these locations, Bill, when, walk me through the, the sales process of this. When somebody's interested, regardless of, of where they found you from, what happens for that person to eventually become a member at one of these gyms? Who do they talk to? What's that conversation about? How do they actually sign up? So we have our, on our website, click if you're interested. And same with all of our ads, you'll get it. And it'll come through an email. That email is then assigned to our salespeople that will reach out to you. And you also get an automated generated email sent back to you that gives you a three-day pass. We give a three-day pass to anybody that has a local ID. We live in a tourist town, so if you don't have a local ID, you're not going to get three free days or else we're not going to get our day passes off of you. So if local ID comes through, then we reach out to them. The first thing we offer them is a free fitness assessment. We use the in-body here. We have the 770, and we use that kind of in our pitch. Come in, get your baseline where you're starting out, free session with a trainer. So you get your in-body results, a personal training session, and then your three-day pass after that. 
if we can't get them sold on that, then we try to push them into a class or just get them into the door. So we use, we use the InTouch system, which does our follow-up emails. And we have a drip sequence of if you've come to the gym at all or if you haven't. And it hits your email over and over and over again saying, come in, use your three days, use your three days, use your three days. And we also will use call and text also. So we've got a number of, of weapons at our arsenal, but everything is an attempt to funnel people into the facility so they can test drive it, try things out, and then make a more informed decision whether they want to be longer term member or not. And you mentioned a couple of other services. We'll get them to try a group class or something like that. For you guys, and, and the model that you're in is interesting because those things, the, the group training, the personal training, whatever else we have available, it sounds like those are, are just as much a focus as the membership is. Am I understanding that properly? Yeah, we try to sell personal training first and then membership second. The membership includes the classes and the classes are, we kind of use it as an, as an amenity. So it's kind of an add-on service. You get a discount at the restaurant, you can get classes, you can get these different hotels, we can help you get deals at and stuff like that for your, when people come visit. But the number one push we always do is the personal training. We we're an expensive gym. Our memberships, our lowest one is at 129 and goes up to 189. With that being said, we get people that are more willing to buy personal training. We get about two out of five people that sign up into personal training, which okay. the average so is 40% PC penetration is, is far beyond 10 compared to the rest of the industry. You guys exactly you think you attribute that to the demographic that you attract right because we naturally have higher baseline prices we're finding more affluent people who can afford things like personal trainers is that correct exactly and then we also try to keep our facility at such a high level of maintenance cleanliness that those people want to be okay. there yeah if we're going to command a higher price we need to deliver a higher value okay i can wrap my brain around that and so beyond that bill we're getting these people signed up what do you guys focus on to retain these members how are we keeping these people paying for the long haul so our goal is to create get once you're in our peer life family which is what we call it as a family we want every person you walk the door we know you by name every trainer should know every single member whether they train or not's name say hi to everybody smile at everybody and then our members become our second line of defense. So if you take a class, the class people that you're in there with, they also want to get to know you. And then the more relationships you establish within our house, the harder it is for you to leave. If you take class with the same five people and the same trainer three days a week, you can't gotta tell that trainer, the front desk person and your five <laughs> friends that you're in class. Natural accountability, sure. Yeah, it gets a lot harder. It's like, why don't you leave your barber? It's hard to tell them you're not coming back. Yeah. So we try to create that because you get that one-on-one -on -one relationship built up. Understood. 
Okay. And so, Bill, our whole conversation has been, how'd you get here? What do you do now? But the fun part of, of what you do as an entrepreneur comes from the vision of where we're going. For you guys, Pure Life Fitness, what is the future? What are we focused on strategically, tactically to, to make sure that this can continue into the future? So with the two different locations, we kind of have two different plans of attack. Our Boca location, we're transitioning more, even heavily into personal training based. We're looking at actually raising our membership price there and having it include personal training. in. so every single member is now a personal training client and switch that into a whole different like pure life elite gym and go on that direction on the one. And then the Delray location is... Just keep it going on the, don't let the Ferrari come off the road. Just keep putting the gas in it and keep it on its projection and let it just keep growing as big as we can build that one. It's a fun conversation. And I think one thing that you said that, that stood out to me was the COVID piece of this. It hit everybody in a different way, but the silver lining is that we get a chance to look back and, and kind of analyze what we're good at and where we want to spend more of our time for you guys we know we can deliver a really high caliber service so why not just double and triple down on that and not worry about individual memberships not that these people don't matter but where can we truly differentiate ourselves in the marketplace it's awesome to see gyms focused on providing this high caliber service clearly there's a demand for it right we have a market ready and willing to, to spend on these kinds of things. So it's exciting to see you guys take action on that. One kind of final question to start to wrap things up. Fingers crossed we don't have any more pandemics coming down the pipe or anything like that. But what do you think, what do you perceive to be potential challenges or hurdles in your guys' attempt to grow this thing? So the number one thing with any any area especially where we're at is real estate is getting extremely expensive we have a quite some time left on our lease but if we're looking long long term 14 years from now who knows what the lease space might be and then we also have a 12,000 square foot facility if we keep growing at the rate we're at do we ever outgrow our space and then we lose that community feeling mm -hmm. that we're looking for so yeah. that's kind of my two biggest fears. Always then, a balancing act. Yeah, the balancing sure. act because we want we don't want you to have to wait 10 minutes to get on a machine. If you're gonna do that, you're gonna go to one of the big box gyms that you're gonna pay twelve dollars a month at. We yep. created this thing where there's enough people but not too many. And we gotta balancing that act is gonna be one of our big challenges. Yeah. It's always the, the constant struggle of the entrepreneur. Can I go bigger? How big can I go without sacrificing the, the quality and, and the reason that people come to us in the first place? Where is that point of diminishing returns? We're not there yet, but we're certainly tiptoeing around there and, and I'm sure we'll find it at some point. Bill, this has been awesome, man. I, I really appreciate your willingness to share and, and talk about Pure Life. 
from a behind the scenes sort of perspective in the short bit of time we have left why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn more about this is there a website is there social media how can people find you guys uh, so we're on instagram pure life fitness underscore delray beach and then we also have underscore boca raton and then it's also purelifefitness.com is our main website that's perfect simple and straightforward I appreciate your willingness to share. Like I said, I'm excited to see what the future holds. It sounds like you guys still have some some exciting actions to be taken. I appreciate your time and I wish you nothing but the best, Bill. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description. Fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jimmy Ward's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.